Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. For more information about our church or services, please visit our website at mvbaptist.org. We sincerely hope you enjoy the message. Pastor, one time he walked into, uh, yes, and this contraption does mean something, but uh, Pastor went up one time and he was preaching in front of his church and he got to talking about heaven. And he got to talking about how much he loved heaven. He said, do you want to, do you want to go to heaven? And everybody was like, yeah, yes, yes, amen. Do you want to go to heaven? And he got to, he got to preaching a little bit more. He said, he said, are you ready to go? And then they were, oh yes, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. He said, if, if it was today, if it was today, are you ready to go to heaven? And everybody shouted and stood up all but one little boy. He was up in the balcony area and he was up there and he, he stopped and he said, Jason, he said, uh, he said, you don't want to go to heaven. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to go to heaven. I just thought you were getting a bus for today. I don't want to, go, I don't want to have to go today, amen. But, but here's, here, here's, here's the thing. Today, what I want to do, and I'm going to try, I know that I know that it took some time, and I, I praise God for those men, but uh, uh, here, here's the thing. Today, what I want to do is by the end of the sermon, what I want to do is recruit some people for another bus. People say, Ryan, what do you think, what do you think the future is for churches? What do you think the future is for us? And, and a lot of times they get to talking about buildings and uh, programs and stuff like that. No, no, no. But what we have to worry about is culture itself. And here's the thing I want to say to you. And you say, well, Ryan, you always preach on something like this. Well, I'm going to keep preaching on it. I wonder how many of you know that just last year there were 100,000 suicide attempts. Just, just this past year, there were 100,000 suicide attempts. Actually, probably more since it was a COVID year, but on average, every year, there's 100,000 suicide attempts, and 47,000 of them are, are successful. 47,000 of them are successful. I, I wonder how many of you know just how many of our teenagers are going through uh, depression as we speak. I wonder how many of you know that the world's falling apart on us. I wonder how many of you know that Right inside this room here today, I, my phone is in my office, but anything and everything that's available to the adult outside there is, adult, is available to your children. I wonder how many of you know that some of the most evil things possible are as easy as a click to get on your phone. This isn't a, this isn't a sermon against teenagers, it isn't a sermon against anything. Here's what I would ask you though, I would ask you this question, how many of you know that in this room today, in professing Christians, that in this room today, there are several things that if we were to, if we were to look at it, if we were to take your phone and I was able to hook it in, and we were able to play it up here, everything that you had on it, everything text message you had made, every picture you'd looked at, that in fact, those are on your phone inside of this church today. Those things are inside of, in, in your phone inside of this church today. Hey, this past week, you say, Ryan, is that all? No, no, no. This past week, there was an article. The article said this. The article said, we sent back a 95-year-old Nazi guard. We sent him back to Germany. And everybody was celebrating. They were celebrating. We got, we got him out of America. I wonder where you're going to send the abortion doctors. Because 50 million children have been killed since all this happened. 
I wonder where you're going to send them. We're all celebrating a Nazi guard getting sent back. But, but here we are in the middle of all this. We see, we see all these things happening in our nation over and over again. We see time and again all this happening. Just in 2017, when I was looking at these numbers, 890,000 children killed. Hey, and they say that's good because that's down. That's down quite a bit. Marxist teachings in our schools. It's going to happen, folks. 63% of all deacons have never won a soul to Christ. 95% of all Christians have not won a soul to Christ. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. In Acts chapter 17, good story, good story, Acts chapter 17. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where, where was the synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead and that this Jesus, whom I preach to you, is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas and of the devout Greeks a great multitude and of the chief women not a few. But the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. That's funny to me, guys. I'm going to give you the RC version of that. Let me read it again. Look unto them the certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. They took some big boys and they whipped some butt. That's what they said right there. That's the RC version. And gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. Basically, these jacklegs are messing up our fun. Whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, There is another king, this one Jesus. You may be seated. Folks, here's the thing. The first thing I see in all this is a waning worldview. It's a waning worldview, folks. In the middle of all this, we see the drugs and we see the alcohol. We see all this. But let me go back and tell you a story. Paul comes into town and he starts preaching Jesus. And when you start preaching Jesus, things get uncomfortable. When you start preaching salvation, things get uncomfortable. And here's the thing, church. If we're to turn this world upside down, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but we're to turn this world upside down, we got to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we got to preach it with everything that we have in us. So Paul says, I'm going into this town. I'm going in, and I'm going to, I'm going to make sure we're preaching it. They go in, they start preaching, and it causes an uproar. They're teaching Jesus is Lord. They're teaching Jesus can save you. They're teaching all these things. They're going into the city. They're infiltrating, and all of a sudden, starts messing things up. They're not a, the alcohol stops getting sold. The, the, the pornography stops getting sold. The people start going, revival breaks out. All of these things happen in the midst of all this. And then they say, uh-uh, we're not going to let this happen. They pick some big boys. They say, hey, you know what? We're going to go in here. We're going to take care of this business. And they go after Paul. They go after him. They go after him to take him out. What you see is a waning worldview. Let me tell you what's happening. Just like then, just like them. Do you know if we just talked about that phone and the lyrics and the videos and all that, that would be one thing. But here's the thing. So many times we're our own idol. In this world today, when you take that phone and you begin to take pictures with it, you say, oh, listen, I'm going to get that. Let me, let, me, let, me give you, let me give you an idea of this. Somebody will take 300 pictures trying to get that perfect picture. Let me tell you, you look like the other 299 pictures. You don't look like the perfect one, Okay. 
You don't look like that perfect one. You look like the other pictures. But here, here's the thing. You're, you're, they're taking these pictures and, they, and the things that are on these phones and all. We see all this. I look, but here's what I want to tell you, folks. You don't have to. This is culture today. This waning worldview. This is culture today. You don't have to go looking for any of this sin. You've got to run from it because it's coming after you. Used to it. Used to hide in closets. It used to hide in chests. It used to hide in all the, under the beds. It used to hide there. Now it comes after them. You see, now it's not as hard as, oh, listen, I'm not going looking for any trouble. No, no, trouble's coming looking for you. That's the waning worldview we're in today. You say, oh, listen, is it, is, it, is it getting bad? Folks, it's getting bad. It's getting super bad. And look, here's the thing. Politics ain't going to fix it. If anything, politics is going to make it worse. Hey, do you know what they tell us? They tell us St. Patrick drove all the snakes, drove all the snakes out of Ireland. I wonder if he can do it in Congress. Amen. Here, here, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Here, he said, look, politics ain't going to solve it. We're talking about, listen, I, well, uh, I'm hoping to vote for this one, and Trump's going to give his speech this week, and, and, and he's going to run again in 24 and then 28. Folks, if we keep doing what we're doing and seeing what's happening in the nation, it won't matter who's running the nation. I said it last week, I said, or two weeks ago, when I was preaching two weeks ago, I said America puts out the most pornography than any nation in the world. We have the most sex trafficking in the nation in the world. We have all those things. A waning worldview is what we see. And that was what Paul was coming into. He said, I'm going to come in there and we're going to preach this gospel. Do you know this? Only one out of every five, only one out of every five professing Christians has a Christian worldview. Only, only one out of every five. Here, 18 to 29-year-olds, 2%. Two, you say, Ryan, what do you mean by Christian worldview? Let me read you something real quick. This is, this is, this is just eight of 89 different worldviews. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Christ died for the sins of mankind. Christians are to love one another. The entire Bible is inspired word of God. God shows us how to worship him. Faith and works are required by God. Our lives should be dramatically changed. On and on and on. These things that we know of Scripture, there are only 2% of professing young people, 18 to 29, who even believe that. We said it was a waning worldview, and it keeps going, and to sit there and think that there are only so many people that have even shared their faith. Let me promise you this. Let me promise you this, folks. If we are to do anything in this world, we are called to turn up sun upside down. You say, well, Ryan, I'm, I'm not quite ready for that. Well, let's see who's ready for it by the end of the sermon. Eric, come on up, buddy. Oh, my goodness. Hey, let me tell you a story about Eric. Let me tell you a story about I almost I almost didn't tell a story about Eric. Let me tell you. One of our, ah, one of our, hey, how many of you are proud of Eric and the job they're doing in the youth? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amy said, Amy said, don't do this because it'd be embarrassed. I said, I said, yeah, I thought, yeah, you're right, but I want to do it. Okay. So, so, so I, we got, where's Shad? Shad, Shad, Shad and Kim, they, they go to, they go to Tennessee for vacation this past week, you know? And uh, I thought, man, that's, that's pretty cool. And, and then uh, uh, I think the Yates, uh, Keith and Karen Yates, they went down to Florida. That's good. That's a good place to go. And, and, and guess, guess what our youth pastor did? He went to Texas. <laughs> so he gets to be my example today. Eric, get in here. All right. Hey, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. 
You say, well, turning the world upside down, what does that mean? Well, that means when we're taking, when we're taking the word of God to them, it kind of shakes them up a little bit. And when things start shutting down, when, hey, in order for revival to be real revival, it has to affect the whole community. It can't just affect us. It can't just affect us, folks. It has to affect the whole community. And so then when he says, listen, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to do everything that I can. I'm going to do everything that I can. Our kids, our kids don't have to look for it anymore. It's coming after them. Ryan, I'm on board. I will fight with you. I'll fight with you. I'll fight along alongside you, I'll do everything that I can. Eric, what do you think, buddy? Are you shaking? All right, lay down, buddy. I got you. I got you. All right, youth, here's your boy. All right, raise your hands. Put your hands above your head like you're, there you go. No, no, you got it. You got it. All right, here's what I want to show you. Here's what I want to show you. Okay, listen to me carefully. Your perspective's different now, isn't it? Blood's rushing to your head here, buddy. This is to stretch his back out. I'm really giving him a good time here. All right, look, look. Everything he sees, it looks like he's about to fall backwards. It looks like all that. Every, let, me, let, let me tell you something. Raise him up real quick. Raise him up real quick. Everything he sees, now listen to me carefully. Everything he sees is from a different perspective. Everything he sees, here, here's the thing. When you go turn up something, when we put Jesus in every facet, what if we were to, the next thing is, what, the next point is this. What if the, uh, the interesting infiltration, what if we look into the Word of God, the interesting infiltration? Folks, let me tell you something. Here's what Paul did. You good? Here's what Paul did. Paul went into the synagogue. You said, Ryan, what's, what's the big deal there? The synagogue did not accept Christ. You say, well, Ryan, what am I going to do? What, what job do you have? What field do you work in? What, what place do you go? Where can you go? Where can you infiltrate? Where you can do it? And what he did is he came in there and he began to preach Jesus, folks. Oh, that Mountain View would put Jesus on every wall and they would put it out there. And Hey, listen, you say, well, Ryan, what are you talking about infiltration? What about the trucks? What about the places you work? What about the things that you do? How can you take Jesus there? I wonder how many of us even talk about Jesus. I wonder how many of you, let me tell you something about infiltration. Evil has infiltrated our, our land. Evil, the devil himself has infiltrated our land and come in and said, listen, this is what we're going to do. And started getting into our kids, started talking to them, started to evil infiltrating our own lives. Where we go home and nothing that we do at home measures for what we should be doing for Christ. And all this, this infiltration of the enemy. Folks, I, I read a story. I read a story. Tifton, Georgia. Right now, you can go to a place. In fact, they're talking about tearing it down. They're trying to work through it to get rid of them. It's called the Bat House. In Tifton, Georgia, what happened was they abandoned this house, and the bats started coming in. They said they had 4,000 of these bats inside of this house. They said the bats had started, had started uh, they, basically, the, the bat poop, if you will, was starting to, ceilings were starting to sink in to fall. That the whole place smelled. It smelled horribly. The whole place smelled horribly. And it was, it was so, what do we do about this smell? What do we do about it? What, what can we possibly do? And, and there's a, listen, we'll go in here and we'll start to take them out. And it's, it's known as the bat house. But let me tell you something, folks. Even if people have been living in it, if you're not careful, and you may know this, those bats could get into cracks and crevices. And, folks, that's what's happening in society today. Folks, when I say this, look, they, they, he came in there, and everything they were saying about Christ turned everything on its head. You say, well, right, everything's going pretty normal in Upson County. Then that means the message isn't getting out. It's easy to preach to people who will amen. It's hard to preach to people who won't. And you say, well, Ryan, I just 
church and I learn these things and I, I go through this. I, I do whatever I can to, to, to t- talk about them when I'm in church. I'll call the people that I love. I'll do all of those things. But Brian, I just don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can talk to them. Let me tell you something. In just a few weeks, we're going to be doing the Easter play and people are crying out to God over this thing. I'm telling you, I don't know how many people will show up. You've got the, you've got the whole situation with churches nearly empty. You've got, you've got a whole situation of people not wanting to go anywhere. But I promise you this, God is going to send to this church people who need to hear about Jesus. But here's another thing, folks. Here's another thing you need to know about that Easter play. Oh, folks, we're going to be fasting, and we're going to be praying, and we're going to be talking about it. But when they come in here, there are some scenes I'm talking about that just absolutely rock your world. I mean, you just say, oh, Jesus, how, how could we have not have had this before? Oh, Lord, thank you for all those people who are helping us, all those people who are going to be in it, all those people who are going to be acting. Oh, listen, you say, well, what about this wild game? And it seems pretty silly. Let me tell you something. If you'll bring somebody who doesn't know Jesus, they might have a chance to be born again that night. Oh, so here's the thing, folks. Why aren't we inviting the unbeliever? When we sit there and we look at this word and we say to ourselves, the interesting infiltration, Paul said, I'm going in. I'm not going to stand back. I'm not going to stand back anymore. I'm not going to do it. Time is running out. There's a game. I don't know if it's even sold anymore. It's called perfection. How many of you remember the game? (laughs) It used to give me a nervous breakdown. You turn your little timer on, and all those little shapes you had to put back in there, put back in there, put back in there, and all of a sudden, boom! I was that kid that didn't like his jack-in-the-box either. I mean, I'm just a, I'm just a innocent little kid like my grandbaby. Right? I'm just an innocent little kid. I'm trying to da 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 pow! It's awful. It's awful. But folks, let me tell you something. Time's running out. When we look at this infiltration, here's the here's the thing. It's if marriages, it's infiltrating children, it's infiltrating adults, we're getting angry about those things we shouldn't be angry about, we're upset about those things we shouldn't be upset about, when God is sitting there going, why aren't we taking this message to the courtrooms, to the schoolhouses, why aren't we taking it there? Paul said, I'm going to be bold in the midst of it, I'm not going to back down, I'm going to keep fighting the good fight, I'm going to keep doing what I have to do. Folks, listen, you don't have to preach from this pulpit. You don't have to preach from, what about the schools? The billboards, the courts, the government, the jobs, the teachers. Listen, teachers and principals, oh, please hear me. Please hear me. I look over here and I see, I see the milkman. I see Bobby Coe. Now, I'm not picking on Bobby because I could pick any one of you out. But I could say to him, how does everybody know you're a Christian? You say, well, listen, every once in a while I talk about it. How do they know on a regular basis? What do, you, what do you do What do you do on a regular basis to make sure they know? You say, well, Ryan, listen, listen, in order for us to turn, go ahead and turn him over, Chet. In order for us to know, in order for us to know what happens when somebody's hearing about Jesus, they're not pleased with it at first. They're not. In a whole perspective, he said, you turned the world upside down for us. These people are crazy. These Christians are crazy. You turn, them, you turn the world upside. I can't even recognize my own town anymore. Wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be something if revival came in this land and they couldn't even recognize us anymore? They said, my goodness, people getting saved and changed and transformed. You're stuck, buddy. We're not ever letting you up. Here's the, I'm telling you, folks, what would it be like? Go ahead and let him up, Jeff. What would it be like? How many people in your school know you are? How many people in your school know you are? And does it make a difference? 
What about, what about when, it's time, when it's time to text one another? What are the things that we're saying? You say, well, Ryan, I, I believe in this Jesus thing, but I don't know. I, I believe this is my time just to do my own thing, and on Sunday I can do what I want to do. Folks, here's what I'm telling you. Jesus is saying, I want you to show them that you know me. I want you to show them that you know me, that you won't back up. Oh, what well, the billboards. Folks, I'm so proud of this church. Just a few months ago, they decided, hey, we know what we're going to do. We're going to put, we're going to put, we're going to put a billboard out there with the word of God on it. There was not a single one in the whole county. You couldn't go anywhere in the county and see anything about Jesus other than an occasional billboard from a church promoting something they're doing. But he said, listen, let's put the word of God on there. And Keith got to working on that, putting that out there. Folks, listen, billboards and schools and how do they know, how do they know that we worship this one that can save their souls? You say, Ryan, yeah, but that's going to be some trouble. Absolutely, it's going to be some trouble. That's when you see the alliance of the admired. Let me read verse 4. Verse 4 says this, And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and other devout Greeks a great multitude, and the chief women not a few. Folks, let me say this. There's somebody... There's somebody you know that could be saved that if they got saved, it'd rock the whole world. Ernie, I'm going to use him as an example. And let me tell you something about Ernie. When Ernie started coming here, folks said, hey, Ernie Vaughn's at the church. I said, what does that mean? You know, I'm not from Upson County. He said, what does that mean? He said, Ernie Vaughn's in the church. Ernie Vaughn's in the church. Ernie Vaughn's got saved. You say, oh, listen, listen. I wonder if it's real. Hey, I can tell too. You see, there are those folks who get saved and you never will see them again. Quote, saved. You never will see them again. And Ernie, though he struggled, man, he just said, listen, man, I got these questions, this question. Can you answer this? Can you tell me this? Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? All these different things like that. Hey, look here. He, he's been here for years and years and years, right, Chet? He's been here for years and years and years. Hey, hey, hey look, he's been, he's been faithful. He's been coming. And look, he's still praying for kids and grandkids and all those things. He knows he, knows he wishes to get back up and do some things. But I'm going to tell you something. The other day he, he came in and he said, hey, I've sold 100 tickets to the Wild Game Supper. Amen. I've sold 100 tickets. He says, I need another 50. Let's go, let's go. How many of y'all been saved 40 years? Ain't sold one. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not, this ain't a selling seminar. How many of you willing to do something outside of your comfort zone to see somebody saved? See, what Paul did, it said that when he was preaching, there were some pretty wealthy women there and pretty high society wealthy women there. And they, they believed on him too. And you can guess what they did because it's the same thing that happened with Jesus. He had, there were a couple of them that would help fund that ministry as they went along. And they, they had the money. They, either they had their own business or their, their husbands did. And they would fund this ministry as they went on. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you something. This alliance, you say, Ryan, I, I'm in a type of work where it just doesn't make sense for me to talk about Jesus. Here's your problem friend it doesn't matter what work you're in you're called from the Lord to talk about Jesus 
Yes, it can be detrimental to your business. There's no doubt about it. In fact, it most definitely will be in some way. But I'm going to tell you something, speaking out for him. Let me tell you, oh, listen, Ryan, it really doesn't matter that much. Let me tell you why, oh my goodness, let me tell you why it matters. Yesterday, yesterday I went in. Eric, you okay? Yesterday I went to, I went to Elmo, Brenda's house. And they said, uh, she, she only has a couple more hours to live. So I went over there to Apple Road. Isn't that right? Apple Road. I went, I'd never been on Apple Road before. Didn't see a single apple. I went in there and I said, I went inside the house. I went in the room where she was and she was breathing fairly good. Eyes were closed. But let me tell you something. Her whole family around her, two sons holding her hand, crying. Grandchildren, children, all around, all around the bed, all around the bed, folks, all around her. And they were just, they were just loving on her and kissing on her, just, just loving her. And listen, listen, oh, they just wanted her to be prayed right into heaven. And I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you something. It's a big deal, folks. It's a big deal. I have been in houses with people passing away who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I'm going to tell you, friends, the difference between the two is, is incredible. When you walk into a non-believing house and they're losing someone, they, they don't have any hope. They don't know where they're going. They don't have any idea where they're going and they're like oh my goodness and then they cry and they just wail and they don't know why this had to happen oh but I walked in that house and they loved mama more than anything those boys right there were crying one was on one side of the chair one was on the other side of the chair had her had her hand in, the, in there and they were just holding her hand just like this up to their forehead and they just cried and they said mama we love you don't suffer anymore mama we love you we love you you say oh well, none of that matters hey listen I got a business to run Paul said, I don't care what happens. You say, Ryan, well, I can, live a, I can live separately from God. That's not right. You cannot. If you're born again, God's inside of you. God's inside of you. If you're born again, God's inside of you, folks. And here's what I want to tell you about that. I, I, I remember just, just a couple of weeks ago, I was reading about a lady, and she said she'd gotten away from God. She was in college, and she was getting her Ph.D., and she, she, was, she had to write. Her, her whole dissertation was on li living in an ungodly world. And so basically what she did is she made a pact. She was going to live like there was no God for one year in her dissertation. It made no sense whatsoever to be a professing Christian to do this. She lived for one year. Hey, look, she was coming to the this preacher, when she's in the article, she comes to this preacher friend of hers, and she says, I am, I'm on the verge of an affair, I'm in, in, on the verge of a divorce, and as all of this is happening, I have no idea why this is happening, and she was only away for one year. You say, oh, I can be separate from God. Listen to me carefully, folks. Listen to me, teenagers. Listen to me, adults. Everything that you have in your disposal, on your phone, anywhere else, all that you say, all that you do, when you become born again, God doesn't leave you. Now, his spirit may pull away protection, but he doesn't leave you. And so then every time you look at that, you're saying, Jesus, check out what I'm showing you today. You pull the Spirit. The reason the Spirit can't move right now is because people have said, oh, I can be separate from God. I'll come on Sundays. I'll raise my hands. I'll shout and pray. But come Monday, I'm going to live like I want to. I'm going to live like I want to, folks. And Lord, listen, listen. I, I remember back in 2000, it seems like yesterday, but 2001, when all this stuff happened with 9-11. And I mean, I, I cannot even imagine where each person was 
But I remember this, and you'll remember this. You'll remember this. Get ready, Eric. You'll remember this. I saw when the the buildings were coming down. (laughs) When the buildings were coming down, there were some special people that weren't running away. They were running into. While everybody was running in this direction, they were like, see what we can do. They had masks on, they had everything, and they were just running in there, and they were doing what? They were just, who can we find? Who can we find? And some of them lost their lives in there. Oh, that we could be a 9-11 crew and say, when we go out those doors, instead of running in here and say, hey, this is our safe haven, that we would run out there and tell the world. Oh, folks, when we see what the Lord is doing, when we see what he's happening all this, when we see you say, oh, Ryan, listen, I just want the Spirit of God to move. I'm going to tell you there are churches out there that don't. There are churches out there that don't. Texas man goes into a church, and this is, this is a true story, not a joke. He goes into a church in the Northeast. He's trying to worship there. He gets excited, says a couple of amens. They're uncomfortable, and they come to him. And they say, sir, we don't do that in this church. He said, I'm very sorry. He said, I felt the presence of the Lord. They said, you didn't get that here. That's the truth. You didn't get that here. No joke. Folks, in the middle of all this, there was was a faith. Listen, listen. But then there's faithful favor. I want you to go to verse 10 through 12. 10 through 12. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews, These were more noble than those at Thessalonica, and they received the word with all the readiness of mind and searched the scripture daily whether these things were so. Let me talk about the faithful favor. How many of you, if I were to go out into the streets today, how many of you, if I were to go out into the streets today and start preaching the gospel and got in trouble, how many of you would have my back? How many of you, how many, listen, if somebody gets in trouble in school for preaching the gospel, if somebody gets in trouble for this or that, how many of you, listen, I said it in Sunday school last week, and I'm trying to hurry, folks, but I said it it in Sunday school last week. I said, guys, it is easy to scream and laugh and play at a parade where everybody's on your side. It's easy. Look, look here, guys. I've, I've been to you, you know, those Disney parades where, you're, where you're, you're beating people up to try to get to the front to see the princesses, for heaven's sake. Oh, but there are people who are, who are busting in line in heaven right now, and they get to see Jesus every day. Oh, but it's so easy when you come in to say, Hosanna. Turn them, turn them over. And say, Hosanna. But folks, when you start turning people's lives upside down, it ain't going to be easy at first. It's not going to be easy when you try to start turning their lives upside down. And you say, listen, does your world look the same out there? Does your world look the same out there? He's uncomfortable. He's hurting. He's in pain. He wants to be let go. Why don't you just release him completely? Let's just release him completely. Hey, listen to me carefully, folks. Listen to me. There were a faithful, there were a faithful few that would come in here and say, we're going to stand by your side. We're going to stand by your side anymore just as long as we can. We're going to be right there by your side. We're going to help you. We're going to stand with you. We're going to do everything that we can. Oh, listen, God would say, oh, listen, you would be out there and you would do everything that you can. Folks, I can't do it alone. Chick can't do it alone. This, this, the staff can't do it alone. Raise your hand if you've ever played sports. Praise the Lord. Here, let me tell you something. Let's say I'm a great pitcher, which I'm not. But let's say I'm a great, I'm not throwing anything. But let's say I go out on the mound, I'm ready to play. Their whole team, the enemy's team's all there. No, the opponent, I should say the opponent. 
and I'm on that mound. Suddenly they tell me, hey, the first baseman can't be here today. The first baseman can't be here today. Oh, and the second baseman got a headache, couldn't make it. Third baseman's throwing up, can't be here, sorry. Shortstop, got marital trouble, he's, he's out of here. Left field, right field, center field. They're all mad at you anyway, they're not showing up. I can't play the game without you. I don't care how good a pitcher I am and how much money they pay me. I can't. I can pitch that ball and you're going to hit that ball and I'm going to lose that game every single time. Let me promise you something. I may be bold. I may be bold. And I may get out there and I promise you I am. That's my goal is to get out there and turn this world upside down. But let me promise you something. I can't do it by myself. I can't do it by myself. I need a team. I need a team to come out there and help me to be by my side. It's easy. Listen, it's easy to yell and have a good time at the parade. It is hard to stand at the cross. Who will be with me at the cross? Who will stand with you at the cross? Who will say, listen, I will stand no matter what. I will stand for the Lord. I'll be strong for the Lord. How many of you will do that? See, here's the thing. These youth, they get to go off to college next. The other day I walked into my... I walked into the living room and my son, Knox, he's here. He had one of his college books he's got to read. And it's, it's written by a Marxist. I thought to myself, my goodness, he's got a good enough brain. He's going to get through this. I know he is, but think about those who get in there, man. They read that and they think, oh, man, this is good. How many of you are going to stand by your kids? Are you going to send them off and say, hey, it's just a rite of passage to college. They're going to drink, they're going to have their good times, but it'll all come back. They'll all come back to me. How many are going to do it, Eric? How many are going to do it, Chet? How many of those youth are going to do that? How many of us are going to leave here today and say, well, that's all right. That was pretty good, but I don't know about this. These these fruitcake Christians out here messing it all up for us. Here's the thing, folks. These people who are by our side, who are our team, love that sacrifices, love that builds, love that encourages, love that helps, love that that helps us at every every turn, love that believes. Then there's this, folks. I don't want you to forget this. There are the crushing consequences. Folks, let me tell you something. You're going to pay. I'm almost done. You're going to pay a price for following Jesus. I wonder what would happen, Ernie. He keeps telling people about Jesus and telling them to come to church. Pretty soon they're going to think he's a holy roller. Pretty soon, hey, you know what he's doing at his, at his, at his restaurant? A couple of years ago they started the Bible brunch at his restaurant. What if, I, what if I just came around and said, you say, oh, well, I'm retired. That doesn't matter. Where do you go, Sammy? Where are the places you go? Do you talk about Jesus? Or you just say, hey, can you come to church? Will you talk about Jesus? If I come over to you and I say, you're putting down concrete, you're putting down asphalt, you're working in here. How many times do you talk about your Lord? How many times do you bring that up in your normal conversation? Say, Ryan, that's going to hurt my business. I ain't got anything to say other than what I just read. If I say, listen, if we go out on the golf course and we're playing golf and you're going, and listen, and Bob cusses a lot, my goodness. I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. He probably does, but I don't want to bring that up. <laughs> if you're on the golf course, if you're out working, you're going to the doctor's office, if you're doing anything, Austin, if you're, if you're, if you're working at Kia, if you're doing any of these things, listen to me, folks, you have an opportunity. Cody in the classroom, all of these in the classroom, Buffalo Rock, all of these things. When we look at anywhere do you go, 
Frito-Lay. I don't think anybody's saved at Frito-Lay, amen? So, I mean, that's what we got to do, folks. We got, look, look, here's the thing. You say, Ryan, I'm not going to do it. Okay, don't do it. But when you don't do it, you are a disobedient Christian. Disobedient. I'm going to read something to you, and it's not from Scripture, but I'm going to tell you what it's going to take. I don't like his liberal politics. I don't. But I got something to quote from the great theologian Garth Brooks. Listen to me. Listen to me. He said, well, it's the bulls and the blood. It's the dust and the mud. It's the roar of the Sunday crowd. It's the white and the knuckles, the gold and the buckle. He'll win the next go-round. It's boots and chaps. It's cowboy hats. It's spurs and latigo. It's the ropes and the reins, the joy and the pain, and they call the thing rodeo. Let me tell you something, folks. This, if you're walking like Jesus wants you to walk, it's a rodeo. It's like jumping on a bull and holding on as fast as hard as you can. Listen, you're just grabbing on as tight as you can because God says, I'm going to use Mountain View. I'm going to use you to take the message of Jesus out here into this world. You say, how, how are things going to grow? How, how's revival going to come? It's going to become because people like man. Hey, listen, people like Mike, all of us are going to go out there and say, look, we're going to do something about this. We're going to say something about this. Let me ask you this. One last story and I'm done. How many of you believe God can do it? Last week, talking to miracles. I'm going to say this and I'm, I'm done. Last week, Brad Buchanan comes in. He's not here today. They're home watching online. Both of them gone through COVID. Susan's still going through COVID. She's still, she's still trying her best to get over it. Susan got, and if you don't know Susan, they, they usually sit right over here. Here's what happened, folks. He said she got so sick. She said it was the oddest thing. He said we all went through COVID. None of us got real bad sick. We got sick, but not real bad sick. She got real sick. She said the weird thing about her breathing was this. She would breathe in but couldn't breathe out. She breathed in a big breath and she couldn't get the air out. He said, man, I go to pray and he said, I, I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I just got so angry. Lord, why in the world of all of us? He said, why couldn't it be me? What, why can't you just put me through this? Why can't you just heal her? Why can't you do this and this? And they would pray and they would pray and they would pray and they would pray and Susan would pray. He said, one night, this has only been about a week and a half ago. One night, week and a half ago. And I know several of you have gone through it. You've lost loved ones, in fact. But this is this story. And she wakes up at 1 a.m. in the morning. She wakes up at 1 a.m. in the morning and she starts praying. She felt the presence of God like she's never felt in her whole life. And she starts praying. She says when she looks over at the alarm clock from 1 a.m. at 6 a.m. now. And she falls asleep. When she wakes up at 9 a.m., she's breathing again. Amen. <laughs> Folks, I don't know why God works the way he does. I know he's perfect, though. What I'm asking you is this. How many of you, how many of you are willing to turn the world upside down? That's our goal. We're going to turn this whole county upside down. We're going to turn the youth upside down. We're going to turn the adults upside down. We're going to turn the children upside down. 
We're going to turn to, we're going to, turn to town, the county, the county commissioners, all of them. Not because we hate them, but because we love them. Every head bowed and every eye closed, folks. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Folks, let me ask you something today. Are you willing to put your, put your reputation on the line? Are you ready to put your business on the line? Are you, willing to put, are you willing to put all of this on the line in order to get Jesus out there to a community that needs it? Are you willing today to be what God needs you to be? Are you willing to take it to this world out there? Are you willing to stand strong in the midst of it? Are you willing to take the abuse? Are you willing to take the punishment? Are you willing to take these things in order to get the gospel out there? I wonder how many of you know somebody who needs to be saved. I wonder how many, I hope every one of you knows somebody. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you and we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us, God. And I come before you in the name of Jesus and ask you, Lord, to send us out. Don't let us leave here uh, uh, drab. Don't let us leave here in frowns. Let us leave here in smiles. Let us take the word of Jesus Christ to this world. Let us walk out these doors. Let us take it to them. Let's see revival happen, God. Help us, Lord. Show us your amazing love and your amazing power, Heavenly Father. I pray, God, Lord, that you'll turn this county upside down because you have used us and used us in a mighty way. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. What a wonderful and inspiring word we've just heard. It is our prayer that our Lord has richly blessed you through this message. Please join us next time for another message from our pastor. Until then, may you find hope and peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.